0: Welcome to the Family Worship Center podcast. Each week we bring you our message from our Sunday morning services at Family Worship Center in Beaumont. We hope you find this message encouraging. We're going to be in Psalm 37 this morning. And title of my message is stressed out have you ever felt stressed out uh sometimes it's big things sometimes it's little things sometimes it's uh everyday occurrence in some way shape form or fashion It it can sometimes it can be the smallest of things and as we're younger it seems like it takes less to stress us out as we get older it seems like the the bigger things really get next to us it reminds me of a little boy that i heard he heard about he was um this was actually somebody that i Uh, Was listening to and they were telling this story on themselves, and they said uh, back in the day that uh, they very begrudgingly uh, acquiesced to their mother's uh, desire for them to go to preschool, and you know didn't want to go, resisted and all that kind of stuff. But when he said whenever I went, and he said I figured out it was over at eleven o'clock, he said shoot, I can handle three hours of that, so. Preschool year went pretty good. The next year, he said, kindergarten came. And he said, so, uh, you know, they were teaching us a little bit more, getting into our ABCs and all that kind of stuff. He said, 11 o'clock, he said, I went over there and started getting all my stuff together. And he said, I went to the door and holding all my stuff. And uh, he said, the teacher came over there and very kindly and compassionately explained that uh, we don't leave at 11 for kindergarten, I mean, yeah, you know, for kindergarten. And he said, I was like, what? And he said, I threw everything down. And he said, I just want to know one thing. Who signed me up for the whole day? <laughs> have you ever felt like that? <laughs> Maybe you did today. Uh, sometimes we kind of, we get into life. And the uh, fact is, my wife and I have talked about this many, many times. Boy, so in some ways, life is not exactly what I expected it would be. I think we all get this preconceived notion of what life is going to be like at certain phases in our life, and, you know, that uh, we won't have to worry about those things anymore. And sometimes we just want to throw everything in the floor, and I said, I don't know who signed me up for the whole thing, amen? And sometimes we get that. Sometimes, fact is, this very last week is kind of the reason I already had a message that was planned for today, and I kind of shoved it to the back burner and pulled one off the back burner to the front burner as we were Uh, thinking that possibly this storm could head our way. I saw lots of people stressed out about it. And uh, how many of you went to the store and there was absolutely no water, that kind of stuff there? People were posting pictures on Facebook that Lumberton and Beaumont and Mid-County and Orange were all sold out of water. Everybody was kind of freaking out uh, about it. So we get stressed out sometimes about different things. Uh, I know when we lived up in Kentucky, one of the things up there was if they ever forecast snow, the stores would ultimately be out of bread and milk. That was a, it was a prerequisite if it was going to come a snowstorm, you had to have bread and milk. And so sometimes it's bigger things. Sometimes it's uh, sometimes it's relationships. Sometimes it's things that happen uh, with with our families. Sometimes it's uh, work related. Anybody ever got stressed out about work? Anybody ever lay awake the night before something was about to happen, saying, how's this going to go down? If they say this, I'm going to do that. And and then how many of you, it worked out exactly like you planned it out at 2 o'clock in the morning the night before? Uh, No. (laughs) It just doesn't happen that way. We get stressed out. Uh, But sometimes, very seldom does it ever happen, just like we think it will. Sometimes it's about life changes. Sometimes it's about... Uh, environmental factors that we have no say-so about, like the storms and that kind of thing. Sometimes it's a financial stress. Sometimes an unexpected something comes up. Sometimes maybe you, you run over something and it ruins a tire and you've got to buy a tire or, or uh, sometimes other bigger things. Sometimes something goes out in the household and you've got to buy a new one. So ultimately, what, what it comes down to is stressed out affects us all about different things and at different times in our lives. So we're going to be looking at Psalm 37, and I've got the first verse on there, but I'm going to actually read about four verses for you. This is a Psalm of David, and I don't know, we somehow we're not getting the New Living Translation. I'm going to be reading out of the New Living Translation, so uh, we'll we'll run with that. Don't worry about the wicked or envy those who do wrong. How many of you have ever looked around and said, Am I the only person that's doing this the right way? And it seems like it's coming to naught. So he says, Don't worry about the wicked or envy those that do wrong, for like the grass, they'll soon fade away. Like spring flowers, they'll soon wither. Verse 3 is, trust in the Lord and do good, and then you'll live safely in the land and you'll prosper. Verse 4 is, take delight in the Lord, for he will give you your heart's desire. Amen. Let's pray one more time about the word, and then we'll get into it. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for already meeting us here today. And thank you for just the fact that we can ultimately feel your presence anytime we are gathered together. And Lord, one of your promises is that if even two or three of us should gather together in your name, that you'd be right in the middle of it. Whether we feel it or not, you are here. And we thank you for that. And Lord, you know how needy we are. You know this week how we've blown it, what we've done good. You know everything about us, and still you love us. And we thank you for that. And so, Lord, would you just walk alongside every person in this room this morning, and Lord, would you just whisper in our ear through the Holy Spirit the things that we need to know, the things that we need to prepare for, the things that we need to do not to be stressed out, and we thank you, Lord, for being with us, and ultimately your your care and concern is what we're thinking and what our heart's desire is, and we thank you for that so very, very much, and we just pray your peace and your love and your mercy on everybody that's here. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. So, ultimately, if we've already, I think everybody's nodded at least once during all the things that I mentioned about being stressed out at some point in our life, what can we do to keep from being stressed out? What does the Word tell us? Specifically, what does Psalm 37 share with us? is David's having this time when he's stressed out. And he he keeps kind of, we talked about it last week, that self-talk that's in there. David keeps reminding himself about the presence of the Lord and all these kinds of things. But what are the things specifically that we can glean from Psalm 37 that will help us to reduce the amount of being stressed out that we feel? Um, Because sometimes we get, uh, there was a great theologian once uh, that said, even my anxieties have anxieties. That great theologian was Charlie Brown. In case you never, never, he was a great theologian i think um and sometimes we feel like that even my stress has stress even my anxieties have anxiety so what can we do to reduce that number one commit your worries to the lord already talked about it very seldom we lay awake at night and we, we basically, we try to plan out things. If they say this, I'm going to do that. And if they do this, I'm going to do this. And all this kind of stuff in very, very few times. Fact is, there is a scientific number to put behind it. It's, it's uh, studies that have happened that only 15% of things happen like we think they're going to happen. Anyway. So we're just wasting our time. I've said it this way for many, many years. Worry is the interest you pay when you borrow trouble. Amen. Because <laughs> see, here's the thing. Sometimes we'll lay awake at night, and I've done it too. I'm not. I'm not throwing rocks because uh, I live in a glass house where this is concerned. Sometimes we worry about things that are never going to take place. Fact is. Just this week, I talked to somebody, and they were all up in there. They'd gotten a call and missed it from somebody. They didn't leave a message, and they were like, Oh, this is what they're calling about, and this is going to be terrible. And, and they went, I mean, just ran around the world basically trying to, trying to figure out what this person called for, and they called them, and it was a good thing. Amen. So sometimes we just we lay awake at night, we plan and we and we scheme on this, that, and the other, and ultimately worry is the interest you pay when you borrow trouble. And this is what David's telling us here: Don't worry about the wicked. Don't worry about how anybody else is doing something. Fact is, how many of you are like me and you have trouble keeping you in line? Amen. So let alone some of us worrying about what somebody else is doing or how they're doing it, or we, sometimes we get all caught up in this. I'm the only one that's doing things right, and here I am. It seems like I pay the price for everything. And ultimately, God's keeping a score. Amen? And he knows when we do it right. And he knows when maybe the payoff is is set off down the road somewhere. And he says, don't worry about what these other people are doing. Don't envy those who do wrong. And sometimes it's so hard not to do that. Especially in this day and time in which we live. There are so many things. I, I have suggested this to many, many people. Don't watch the news incessantly. Amen? If you keep it on whatever news channel it is, and name the the six or eight that there are, if you're listening to that news all the time, guess what? It is going to keep you worked up. Because there's always somebody that's doing something that you could say, hey, I wouldn't do it that way. Amen? And we get all worked up about it. Ultimately, we know that it's in God's hands, so the thing that we've got to do is commit all of our worries to the Lord. So, uh, soon enough, he's going to take care of it. So we've got to commit our worries to the Lord. The second thing we can do is trust in God for your provision. In verse 4, this is what it says, Take delight in the Lord, and he'll give you your heart's desires. And, and uh, ultimately, it comes down to this. God's going to take care of us. And so many times we worry about the little things. We, we worry about the things that are inconsequential in the in the scheme of life and we're not so concerned about the things that are very very important to god he wants us to put him first in everything he wants us to to worship him and to love him and to put him first in everything that we do and how many of you realize that god's going to take care of you anyway amen he's going to meet our needs it doesn't mean don't use wisdom It doesn't mean don't do the the things that you know to do. Fact is, God gave us a brain so that we can do some things for ourselves. Amen? Wisdom is knowing what to do and how to do it. Amen? And and ultimately, God gives us wisdom so that we can do the things that we can do and leave the rest of it up to him. After, After we've done all we can do, guess what? Give it to him. And so he says, put all of our trust in him for our provision, for everything that he's going to meet our need with. Um, commit everything to the Lord is what it says in verse 5. Commit everything to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. So we've got to put our trust, our faith completely in him and realize he's going to work it all out. Somebody say amen. amen. Verse, uh, the third thing that we can do, delight in the Lord how many of you just delighted in the Lord? All you could delight. Because sometimes we don't really understand the, the verbiage in the Bible. We don't understand what it tells us to do. And so ultimately it comes down to, that's a word that in the original language could be affixed to food. So if you read it literally, it says, enjoy the deliciousness of the Lord. Which reminds us of, of Psalm 34 where it says, taste and see the Lord is good. There was a preacher, it's been a long years ago, and he moved to a town and he's going to start a church and all, uh, he's going to kick it off by having a series of meetings, a revival if you want to, if you want to call it that. And so he didn't realize it, but this town had this one particular cantankerous old fella that would always just kind of chew up and spit out the new preacher in town. And he was an agnostic. He, you know, one of those, an agnostic is basically a person who acknowledges that there's a creator, but we can't know them. And so he just, he's really got a good argument, really got. So this young preacher holds his little revival meeting. In the local gymnasium. And man, he's he's getting ready for it. And and the place is packed. I mean, it's packed to the rafters. And he's thinking, man, these people are hungry for the Lord. He didn't realize that they were there just to watch this old man chew him up and spit him out. So the place is full. It's full to the rafters. And this, this young guy, you know, some people take a sip of water now and then. But his thing was that he would always put an orange under the... Under the pulpit, and he would uh pull that thing apart, and he'd eat a slice of it every now and then just to kind of wet his whet his whistle and, and and so it was just out of the ordinary, but anyway he would put he did that so that evening was no different. he'd put an orange under the under the pulpit, so this old man, just about the time he's getting ready to to get up there and preach this old man jumps up and gives lays out his argument, and it just man the crowd is just like, oh my." So the young preacher reaches under the pulpit, gets his orange out. And it was about this quiet. So he peels it, and then he pulls it apart into slices, and he puts one slice there, another slice there, another slice, another slice. Gets, them, gets it all sliced up. Crowd's still waiting, just just waiting for what his argument is going to be saying. Eats every slice of it. He says, sir, you've got a very good argument. He said, but can you tell me if that orange was a sweet orange or a tart orange? And the crowd's like going, what do you say, Sir, I ask you a question. Can you tell me if that was a sweet orange or a tart orange? And the old man's just dumbfounded. you know, nobody's ever given this argument before. I mean, he's just sliced and diced on them just just like crazy. So he says, well, there's no way that I can know whether that is sweet or tart because I never took a bite of it. And he said, exactly, sir, and my challenge is to you instead of an argument that you would taste and see the Lord is good. Somebody say amen. (laughs) Because ultimately, if we are not delighting in the Lord, if we're not enjoying his deliciousness, then we've never taken a bite. Amen? And what we've got to do is taste and see all the stuff, every promise that he ever gave us that is true. And as we begin to depend on him and as we begin to give our lives over to him and we begin to enjoy him and delight in him and and just take in everything that he does for us, there is really, when you look at it, no better word than that to enjoy the deliciousness of the Lord. Amen? So he tells us all these things that he's going to do, and we're going to delight ourselves as we begin to taste of this thing and taste of this where he says, I'm going to meet your every need according to my riches and glory. Yes, that we're above and not beneath, that we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. As we begin to take all that in and see that he's true to every promise, amen, just, mm -mm mm-mm-mm, ain't he good, (laughs) amen? Amen? So the thing that we've got to do is taste and enjoy and and see that he is so very, very good. Number four, what can I do not to be stressed out? Practice being patient. Verse seven, he says, be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. And how many of us find that so hard to do? Preaching at me, as much as anybody here, I am not a patient person. Whenever it's time to do it, let's, let's do it now. What are we waiting on? Let's, let's get it on. Let's do it now. And ultimately, when we do that, we're, we're trying to do it ourselves. We're taking all that load on ourselves. And you know what the Lord says in in multiple places? Here he says, be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. In Psalm 46, it says, be still and know that he is God. And that is so hard to do. So hard to do. And sometimes, I've shared this before, that one time there was a particular circumstance that was uh, things were happening and they weren't happening the way I wanted them to and it just seemed like everything I tried wasn't working. And like I was praying about it and the scripture came to me, Psalm 46 is where it's at, be still and know that I'm God. And I'm, you know, the Holy Spirit kind of reminded me of that and I'm like, yes, yes, I agree. It's so hard to do though. So I'm praying more, and it's like the Lord reminds me about that scripture again. Be still and know that I'm God. Oh, Okay, okay. So I go on praying about my thing, and then the Lord prompts me, like, look it up. Well, I know the scripture, Lord. Be still and know that I'm God. Look it up. And I don't know if you've ever had those times of prayer. Again, it wasn't an audible voice. It was just that unction, go look it up. Okay, I'll go look it up. So I got up and I looked it up, did a little quick word study. And the thing that struck me that I remember to this, to this day, in fact is I shared it with somebody this week who was going through a very like situation, all stressed out about how things were happening. And see, here's the thing. How many of you know that God is good? How many of you know he's a savior? How many of you know he's a healer? How many of you know he's a deliverer? But has there ever been a time when it didn't look like he was going to deliver? Ever been a, look like a time when he wasn't going to save? Ever been a time when it looked like he wasn't going to heal? Yes. And that's kind of where I was in that circumstance. And I'm praying about it, and the Lord says, go look it up, go look it up. So I look it up. And that word, to know, be still, we know what be still is. Don't do nothing nothing as they'd say it these days don't do nothing just be still and what know that i'm god now we've already admitted we know a lot about god we know it from his word we know it by our experiences but as i did that little word study on that particular verse the word "know" is yada. In the original language. Sometimes it really helps to express things in the original language. It kind of helps it make a little bit of sense. But the word in the original Hebrew, as Old Testament is Hebrew, is Yada, Y-A-D-A. And that's where the Yiddish phrase Yada, Yada, Yada comes from. I know, I know, I know what they're saying whenever they say yada 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 and how many of you ever used that yes i use it a lot yada 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 whatever let's get you know and basically when you look at that word and its meaning in the in like in the yiddish is i know i know i know and that's what we do with god sometimes because we already raised our hands we know what he can do we know he's a savior we know he's a healer we know he's a deliverer but sometimes he wants to do it a little different. Sometimes just like when Lazarus, when they sent word and said Lazarus is dead, or he's or he's sick, and then they come back and bring word he's dead, and the Lord said, "Oh, that's good," you know. And the disciples are like, "Oh, uh, you know, he's." Uh, they thought he was meant that he was resting, so he goes and gets to the place there, and they run out and said, "Lord, he's he's already been dead for four days." And Martha comes out and says, oh, Lord, if you'd only been here, you could have healed him. Because I know you're a healer. We know it. We know all this stuff, yada, yada, yada. And so basically what God is saying, be still, and what you know is yada, yada, yada. Let me be God. Because sometimes the best thing we can do is submit our resignation as the general manager of the universe. That job's already taken, and why are we filling out a resume for it? Amen? Because how many times do we, I'll admit it, I go to the Lord and act like the general manager of the universe. Lord, this is what needs doing. This, 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 and this. In Jesus' name, thank you. Amen. Gosh, it's so humbling sometimes whenever the Lord really deals with us. And isn't it good that he deals with us like a dad would a son or a daughter? What you know is yada, yada, yada. Just be still and really know. Come to understand that I'm God and in parentheses you could put in you're not. How many times would I' have done something so much differently than what God ultimately did? And we know that He's always working for our good. He says, "I know the plans that I have for you, the plans to do you good and not evil, and to bring you an expected end." Wow. So not only do we need to practice patience. I mean, this is specifically what he's talking about here in verse 7. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. So we gotta, we got to practice that patience. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be patient waiting on the Lord. But also, we need to practice his presence. Be still in the presence of the Lord. And sometimes we say, well, well how do we practice that? You just know that it is. See, here's the thing. He promised us in Matthew 28, I'll be with you always, even unto the end of this world. So just a few minutes ago, we all came in from outside. How many of you saw clouds and felt the humidity? And yes, so we kind of know that the world was still here. There were trees and grass and clouds and all that stuff that we can see and experience. So the world's still here. So what does that guarantee us? He's here. Do I feel it? Not all the time. Not in every circumstance, but you know what? That doesn't matter. As I've said before, so we we tend to doubt God so much and we don't doubt the other thing. I mean, how many of you got up this morning, and as you were getting ready to get out of bed, you thought, I wonder if gravity's still here. As I I step out of bed this morning, am I going to float to the ceiling, or am I going to go to the floor? No, we didn't do that. I've said it many, many times. We put more faith in our vehicles than we do God. Because how many of you got in there, and just before you turned the key, you said, Oh, car, are you real? Are you here? Are you going to crank whenever I turn the key? No, we just got in it. Why? Because we're used to doing that. We, we feel a whole lot more confident in the things that we, can, that we can touch. But God says, I am with you always. And yet we say, God, are you really there? Are you really listening? Are you really, really going to help me out here? And he says... I'll be there. As long as this world is here, I'm going to be with you. So what we've got to do is begin to practice the presence of God because how we believe affects how we behave. So if we're always in doubt and I can't see him, well, he's, he's invisible, and the Word tells us that. But yet He it's, it's those things that he does that are more real, the, the spiritual realm that we cannot see that we cannot grab hold of is really and truly more real than the things that we can, is more real than the seat you're sitting on. Because it was the spiritual realm that gave birth to this physical realm when God said, let there be, and it was. See, we think this is real. Really and truly, it's what's going to pass away. So we got to begin to not only practice patience, but practice the presence of God because he is going to be with us all the way. Amen? So, last thing. What can we do not to be stressed out? Wait for your reward. And this is verse 34. Put your hope in the Lord, travel steadily along his path, and he will honor you by giving you the land. That promise was for the physical country, position, territory of Israel. But ultimately, it applies to us, and he's going to give us the land of heaven. As soon as we get saved, we have become a citizen of heaven. I knew a guy one time, he said, every born-again believer ought to carry a green card because we're in our temporary home. (laughs) <laughs> we have become a citizen of heaven. And so ultimately, whenever we began to realize that God has promised us everything that he can do for us here, but the biggest promise that he gives us is that he is going to give us a reward one day. That if we have made him the Lord of our lives, if we have asked for the forgiveness of our sins, if we have begun to make him the Lord of our lives, and and, and we have given him ourselves... That ultimately our inheritance is waiting for us. And it's going to be a good one. And it's going to be a never-ending one. And it's going to be an everlasting one. In every sense of the word that we are going to have that reward. So, you know, I've said this before. If we can keep our minds... I talked a little bit about this last week. But if we can keep our minds off of this, all these temporary problems. See, everything, all of this, again, that we think is real... Bible says it's going to pass away. And what's real is going to be exposed at that time. We're going to see that new Jerusalem. We're going to see that city that he's gone to prepare for us. And we're going to be able to experience everything that he has planned out since the beginning of time. Before the foundation of the world, he knew those that would make that decision to make Jesus the Lord of their lives. When you think about that, I don't know if you're like me, but that's just like mind-blown, that he looked down through the ages and he knew exactly who it was. And he knew what we, again, I think heaven's a personal heaven. I think hell is a personal hell. Heaven is a personal heaven because Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. I think hell is a personal hell because it talks about all the torments that we would have. Well, the same torments are not torments to everybody. I think if you're scared of spiders... Hell's going to be full of spiders. I think if you're scared of snakes, it's going to be full of snakes. And my wife would say, oh, me. Because <laughs> she can. we can watch it on TV, folks, and she will scream. She can open up a book that's got a snake in it, she'll scream. But it says that there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. We know that it's a bad place, you don't want to go. But ultimately, he says, if we'll commit our ways to him. I'll read that verse, verse 34 one more time. Put your hope in the Lord, travel steadily along his path, and he will honor you by giving you heaven. Amen? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, if there is one person in this place that has never made that commitment, that has never had their sins washed away, that has never given their heart and their life to you, Lord, today would be a fantastic day to do that. And the knowledge of what you have prepared for us. So Lord, if there is one person today, I'm not going to embarrass you, not going to call your name, not going to call you up front. I'm not going to not going to do anything that would embarrass you in any way. But if while you're sitting there at your seat, you say, "Preacher, I need to make it right. I don't want any doubt about where I'm headed, about my reward that the Lord has got for me." If there is, it'd be a perfect time to get rid of that doubt. You can come back and ask me, and I'll tell you that on, in, in July not 2019 that you made that commitment. But if you want to make that commitment, preacher, I want you to pray with me. I want to eliminate any doubt. I'm pretty sure I'm going, but I want rock-solid proof. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up so I can pray with you? Yes. Anyone else? Very quickly. I just want that rock-solid proof. I want to know that I know that I know that I'm saved. Yes. If you raise your hand, I want you to pray this prayer. I want you to mean it from your heart. And you can pray something like this. Heavenly Father, I ask you today, come into my heart. Come into my life because I need you. Would you please forgive all those things that I've done against you that would displease you in any way Lord Jesus I know what you did for me you died in my place you died for my sins so that I could go free that I could experience that reward of heaven but I thank you for loving me that much I thank you for sacrificing yourself in my place so that I could go to heaven but right now while I'm here you lead me and guide me and direct me and fill me with your holy spirit and i thank you for loving me and i thank you for saving me in jesus name amen now if you prayed that prayer guess what you just changed your citizenship (laughs) heaven is your home heaven is your reward so give the lord a big hand clap for that this morning And for those of us that are already saved, maybe this week's been a hectic week for you. Maybe it's been the best ever, but I just felt like I needed to preach this about being stressed out. So let's pray about that together. Father, sometimes we let this life get next to us, and sometimes we try to handle it too much in our own selves, and we get stressed out. Lord, would you help us all to draw closer to you, to realize what an awesome God you are, Lord that you're always working on our behalf So as we surrender ourselves to your way Lord like the scripture just said is If we would travel along your path So Lord help us Direct us, lead us, guide us by the Holy Spirit Help us to draw always closer to you And Lord help us not to do things in and of ourselves But Lord that we would always run it through you And Lord allow you to lead us And to know what to do and when to do it And we thank you Lord for being with us Thank you for saving us And Lord, we are looking forward to that great celebration that we are going to have with you that day. And we thank you in advance for it. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen and amen.